0: brothers and sisters we continue on our journey our magnificent journey of discovering more about ourselves understanding who we are what we are and um, with this very important introspective journey and um, it's the journey of the true hero yes I know this term hero is a little bit overused these days, like, you know, everyone's a hero, right? And actually, in a way, it's true. Everyone is the hero of their own story. Um, But obviously, really, a hero is someone who stands out from the crowd, who takes a different path. If you study the whole mythos, the whole mythology of heroes, um, it's very, very interesting. Uh, in fact, there was a, a guy called Joseph Campbell, who wrote, um, he wrote a book, I think it's called God with a Thousand Faces. Um, and he is the one who, who basically looked at different stories and mythologies of, uh, you know, various figures throughout history and throughout different cultures. And basically, he came up with what is now well known as the hero's journey. And he found that all of these different figures all went through a very, very, you know, their stories share some very, very basic common themes that almost all of them seem to go through these basic stages in the story. But what's, what's that got to do? What's that got to do with what we're talking about tonight? Um, It's actually got quite a lot to do with it because really, the, the 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 purpose of all of these stories is is for our enlightenment it's to guide us it's to help us the, so th- these stories that people told their children they told each other they all had a moral spiritual and mental Purpose behind it and the fact that these stories are so similar everywhere The fact that the themes of these stories are so similar everywhere shows that there is something in these stories that is Talking about the basic the fundamental human condition Right and in many ways all of us have to go through this journey And what is it really about? Ultimately, the hero's journey is about leaving. It is about leaving the comfort and the security of your home. And it's about going out into a different world. It's about growing up. It's about leaving childhood behind. It's about what does it mean to be an adult? What does it mean to start being responsible? And with it comes all of these changes, all of these really profound developments and changes that happen in your mind. And of course, it just, it keeps happening through your life. But I mean, you know, it's that, it's that time of puberty when they are most exaggerated, right? They are most profound. That's when it really starts. And when there's this realization that, you're going to have to leave the comfort of your home, the security of what you're used to, and you have to embark on an adventure. That adventure is to make your own way in life. And so this is when this starts. This is when the process of self-discovery, of course, no, that's not true. Obviously, the process of self-discovery, I don't know. It's. I'm not exactly sure. I, I'll have to... I actually have to look into this a little bit, but you know, ch- children, babies begin quite soon in their development to identify themselves. They begin, they begin to understand that there is the, that they are a separate entity. But obviously, this is most profound at the stage of adolescence. That's when it becomes really profound. And so it's a difficult time. It's a challenging time. And so, you know, it it's can often be a dark time. It can often be very confusing. And this is when you, this is when a person has to begin looking at themselves. Now, the people who are the heroes, the people who really go on this, you know, the, the, the heroes ultimately of the hero's journey are the ones who embrace that challenge who face it they face their demons whether they are internal or external they face the reality that the world is a harsh tough challenging difficult place and of course all of the stories of heroes all of the hero stories are full of challenges they meet monsters and they feat, they meet monsters and have to defeat them they meet opponents Evil enemies who they have to defeat. Right? It's the same story everywhere, isn't it? Right? But obviously, what it's really talking about is the ultimate, the ultimate enemy really is the enemy within. It's you, it's your own ego. Yes, we're coming back to it. Your ego, your nafs, your desires, your passions, your self-delusion. And so this is what it is, and you you look in the hero's journey, and one of the things I was constantly confronted with is opportunities to leave the path, to become self-deluded, to become lost, to become lost, and that becoming lost could be often it is the temptation, say, of a woman, or some wealth, or something, or sometimes they reach a Sometimes they reach a state of happiness and acceptance. And the, the temptation there is to stay in that place. But actually, the real ultimately the hero's journey is that the hero has to go back to the world with their newly discovered knowledge. And they have to bring that newly discovered knowledge to bring benefit to everybody else, to, to re-contribute and reinvigorate and re-benefit the whole community. This is it, you see, this is this, that's the hero's journey. So we've been talking about these things, knowing ourselves, understanding who and what we are. And you go back through my Facebook page or you go back through uh, the Fast FM uh, programs that we've been doing, And you can see it's a whole series of programs talking about this discussion. So, we've talked about... but right now we've been talking about the heart and how the heart is the center of our understanding, of course our emotion. Even from the Islamic perspective, the heart is considered to be the locus of the intellect, of understanding. Not just emotions, right? And the heart is something that if it is pure, then the whole body is pure. Everything is pure. If it is corrupt, everything is corrupt. That is the heart. So this matter of purifying the heart, of making the heart clean, of making this heart a, um, a vessel that is able to contain the remembrance of Allah, and that is connected to its lord and creator and remembers him and worships him because as we talked about we keep we've mentioned it many times what gives life to the heart what gives life to the heart what gives life to the heart is the remembrance of allah so we've been talking about that we've talked about istighfar and we talked about dua and we talked about dhikr and we talked about reading quran tonight I want to talk. It's not going to be very long, actually, because there's there's not a lot to say about it, but it is very important because in this journey. You see, at the end of the day, brothers and sisters, life, that's what it is. Life is a journey. The Prophet And and inshallah, next week, we're going to talk about something very important, which is Zuhud, which is renouncing the world, which is a big topic, very, very big topic. Okay, um, and, but I'm going to touch upon it now because the Prophet wasallam said, what do I have to do with this world? Sure we'll, we'll talk about this more next week if Allah gives us life and Allah gives us the time and Allah allows us to do it. So the Prophet wasallam said, what do I have to do with this world? I am like a traveler, you see, who is taking rest underneath the shade of a tree and then continues on his journey. This is this is the example the Prophet is giving of this dunya. This world, this whole life that we have, is just like a moment that we take rest underneath the shade of a tree. So I want you to think about this brothers and sisters, because why is it that a person who is on a journey is going to stop and take rest underneath the shade of the tree. So if you can imagine what people would have commonly experienced then in the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Obviously, they lived in Arabia. They lived in the desert when they were going on journeys. Most often it's going to be for trade. So they're on their camels, they're on their horses, whatever it may be. And then at the heat of the midday, the middle of the day, The sun is very, very intense. And that is the time that you want to seek some shade, right? Actually, traveling by night is better because it's cooler. Traveling by day is hard. And at midday is almost impossible. Like there's certain, you know, it's sometimes it's even impossible because it's so hot. Literally, you can't be out in the sun at the midday. It's life threatening. So, what are you gonna do? You're gonna look for some shade. But that's all you just the shade is just there for you to take rest. So you can continue on your journey and reach your destination. Because if you don't take if you don't take that shade and you don't rest, what is the danger? The danger is you won't reach your destination. The point being here is that the example the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is giving of this world, it's here for you to take something for your journey, that's it, right? Some provision, something you need to help you reach your destination, yeah? So you're not gonna, you know, if you're on a journey and you're taking rest underneath the shade of a tree, you're not gonna build a house there, you know, and, and start building irrigation systems and, you know, like you understand what I'm saying, you, you Okay, you make yourself a little bit comfortable so you can rest properly, but you're not going to invest a lot of time and energy and effort into that little moment because you just want to take your rest and get on with your journey, right? This is a beautiful example. The Prophet is really telling us, and we'll talk about, like I said, we'll talk more about that next week, inshallah, right? Um, But this week, I want to talk about some type of provision. So that is really beneficial, something that is really going to help you in your journey, something that is really going to benefit you in this life and the next. And that is the night prayer. That is, tahajud is a very, very powerful spiritual provision. It is something that is really, really beneficial in developing a, a deep understanding of who you are. And I'll go back to mention something I've mentioned before, that understanding your Lord is key to understanding who you are. Because you are the servant of Allah. That's what you are. You are a servant of Allah, a creature of Allah, entirely and completely and totally dependent upon Him. You need Him for everything and for every moment. And you know, brothers and sisters, often people will come to me with their problems Asking me, oh, what's the solution for this and the solution for that? And many times, many of us look for solutions in so many different things. But I wonder how many of us look for the solution in the night prayer. I wonder how many of us look for the solution in the last third of the night. I wonder how many of us, when we are really in distress, we get up. In the last third of the night And we turn to Allah Because this is a time About which the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi said Our Lord descends To the lowest heaven During the last third of the night Inquiring Who will call upon me So that I may respond to him Who is asking me so I may give it to him who is asking for my forgiveness so I may forgive him. This is what Allah says. Allah descends to the last, to the lowest heaven and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asks, who is asking me so I can give? Who is seeking forgiveness so I can forgive them? Who is calling upon me so that I can respond to them? The point being, what is the meaning of this allah descends to the last the meaning what we what we are supposed to understand is this is a time when allah draws close to us and we have an opportunity to draw close to allah you see this is it just as there are times beneficial times to make dua beneficial times to make dua you know like when it rains for example or on the last hour or the last hour of Friday, or after the call to prayer is made, or when you are traveling, or when you visit the sick. Yeah, there are many good times, beneficial times to make dua. Why? Because it's just a time when it's more likely your dua is accepted. So this time, the last third of the night. Why? Because the reality is most people are sleeping. Most people are not only sleeping, they are deep in their sleep. You see? So when you drag yourself out of bed and you commit yourself at that very special time when everyone else is sleeping to call upon your Lord, your Creator, then this is the time when you are most close to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. I don't think that you can really become advanced in your spiritual development. And I don't really think that you can deeply, profoundly know yourself and have a good relationship with Allah unless you are going to spend some time doing this tahajjud. Now, tahajjud, by the way, just I just want to mention, I want to, you know, this is, you know, these, these talks that I give are not... You know, the purpose of them is, um, you know, not to discuss fiqh issues and, you know, go into the minutiae in, you know, the details, right? But sometimes, you know, I, I'm going to, obviously, I want to mention it. I'm going to need to mention some things, right? So, you know, the tahajjud, actually, tahajjud does not necessarily mean, right? The night prayer, tahajjud, is not only in the last third of the night, okay? Tahajjud is everything that you say after isha maybe not including the sunnah of, of isha which is the stressed the sunnah or the stress Sunnah of the two right but the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, as aisha mentioned the prophet would regularly pray 11 rak'ah, and the way he would do it he, was, he would pray two and two and two and after every two he would give taslim and then he would finish with one raqa. This is how the Prophet, this is his sunnah, this is what he would regularly do. He would pray these uh, 11 raqa or eight raqa plus witr, yeah, which is 11. Uh, and that is the regular practice of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as Aisha said, in Ramad, Ramadan and outside Ramadan. So, you know, Qiyam al-Layl, Tahajjud, the night prayer, that it's the same thing everything you say after isha is tahajjud it's all tahajjud yeah tahajjud is not only or the qiyam you know the standing in the night is not only in the last third of the night it's just that the last third of the night is the most beneficial time to do it just as for example what is the best time to pray your farad salah your obligatory five prayers the best time is to pray in its earliest time yeah that's what the prophet ﷺ said the best prayer is prayed at the earliest the beginning of its time and the only the exception to this is to is isha isha which is good to leave isha later on you know until just before midnight or just at midnight you can pray isha because that, that was the regular practice. You know of the Prophet, and he would have, you know, he he didn't do that all the time because obviously, you know, uh, people had to go to their families and stuff. But this was the good time to pray Isha. But so the tahajjud, yeah, is anything after Isha, but the best time is that last third of the night. This is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes, we have that opportunity to draw close to Allah. And you know, subhanAllah, think about that, brothers and sisters, think about it. You know, how is it, how is it that we miss this opportunity? That Allah subhanAllah is descending to the lowest heaven, and Allah is saying to us, who who is calling upon me? Who is calling, who is asking me, so I can give them what they are asking for? The Lord and the creator of the heavens and earth, who is asking me? He's saying, so I can give it to them. Who is seeking forgiveness? So I can forgive them. Right? Now, brothers and sisters, you know, praying to regularly, even sometimes at all, is a challenge. There's no doubt. Of course it's a challenge. And, you know, we have our... And, and, you know, we do need to sleep. Our bodies have a right on us. Our bodies have a right on us. They have the right to sleep. And we all have our own preferred sleep patterns. And of course, many of us, we have to get up to work Uh, the next day. We have our routines and so on and so forth. Okay, so yes. And and not just that. The reality is that you will find, as you know, the pious people of the past used to be asked, like, how is it that I can't I can't pray to Hajjad or I used to pray and I can't pray anymore? And the key here is, brothers and sisters, leaving your sins. Really believe me, if you abandon sins in the day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will draw you close to him in the night time. Yes. Okay. So, brothers and sisters, there is the, it's the, after the Fadut prayer, the best prayer is the, the prayer in the last third of the night. Okay, this is the best prayer. It is the best time to make du'a. It is the most effective time to make dua. So whether, listen, whether you have personal problems in your life, whether you are just dealing with the mundane problems in life, you know, the things that get you down, and we like to moan here and moan there and complain about this and complain about that, why don't you go and complain to Allah? Not in a bad way in the sense that you're complaining about Allah, but you're complaining to Allah. Why are you complaining to him? Because he's the one who can help you. You're complaining to him from the point of view of, Allah, help me to deal with this. All right? Like, how many of us are so quick and ready? We'll go and see a psychologist. We'll go and see a psychiatrist. We'll, you know, we'll chat, chit-chat to our friends for hours and hours. All right? About our problems. How many of us think to get up in the last third of the night? and turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm? Sometimes you hear about the condition of the Muslims. The suffering that our brothers and sisters are going through, wherever it may be. It could be what's happening to the Uyghur Muslims in Siang Chin, I think they call it. Or what used to be East Turkestan, used to be called that. Or in Kashmir, I don't even know what's happening. Are they still in lockdown in Kashmir? I don't. Subhanallah, may Allah help them. In Philistine. The you know, still the biggest open prison, they call it in the world in, in the Gaza. And so many, these are obviously these are our Muslim brothers and sisters, the Rohingya. These are these are very very obvious, well known situations where Muslims are suffering. In a, in a big way, en masse. But there are many other places where there's also suffering um, and going through difficulties. And we are, alhamdulillah, we have that love and concern for our, for our brothers and sisters. But, you know, alhamdulillah, we, and it's good, it's good. We raise money and we organize events and, you know, we want to create awareness and, you um, Let's, you know, everyone said, let's do something about it. But how many of us get up in the last third of the night specifically and pray for our brothers and sisters who are suffering? For Allah to relieve them of their suffering. For Allah wa ta'ala give, to give them strength. How many of us do that? Because maybe deep down inside, we don't really think that's something real maybe really deep down inside you don't think dua is actually doing something maybe right maybe you think it's all about money maybe you think it's all about the materialistic things and it's not that those things aren't important they are as as the as the prophet said you know the famous hadith about tie your camel And a man came to the Prophet, he said, now I'm a believer, can I leave my camel? And the Prophet said, no, tie your camel, then trust in Allah. So that's our Sharia. Our Sharia tells us to, you know, do whatever we can in terms of lawful, halal, materialistic things in order to reach our objective. For sure, I'm not saying we discount those things. That's part of what Allah wants from us. But ultimately, brothers and sisters... Even for those things to be effective, we need to make du'a. We need the help of Allah. We need the support of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa subhanallah, the, this is the messenger of Allah before the battle of Badr. Do you remember how he was standing in the night making du'a? Even subhanAllah to the extent, I think it was Abu Bakr, I can't, you know, remember who, I think it was Abu Bakr saying, messenger of Allah, that Allah has heard you now. <laughs> you know, and, and the Prophet is saying, Allah, if you don't, you know, if you don't give us victory, if you don't help us, who's going to worship you left? Who's going to be left worshiping you on earth? SubhanAllah. You see how the Prophet saw, but the Prophet did everything materialistically. He gathered the troops. He formed the battle lines. He he made the best strategic decisions that he could. He was uh, commanded the wells, blocked the other wells. So, so whatever strategic, good strategic decisions that he could make, he had made it. But really. The Prophet ﷺ, really, what he (laughs) was really focusing on, you can see, was du'a, du'a, du'a. So we have to do both. Of course, we have to do both, brothers and sisters. But, you know, most of us, unfortunately, these days, we take all the precautions. We do all the physical things, but we forget the last third of the night. We forget du'a, we forget tahajjud, we forget to make that effort to get up. And call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that very very special time. So, brothers and sisters, please. I want you when you have, you know, when you if you have problems in your life, and I'm sure you all have we all have some problem in our life, please. Or there's something you really want. Or some sin you've committed. And we've talked about dhikr, we've talked about duha, we've talked about istighfar. But you see, this tahajjud, brings it all together in a very, very special time that has, it magnifies the effect of these beautiful acts of worship. So brothers brothers and sisters, please, for your own, really, for your own spiritual development, try to develop some habit, even if it's just to even if you just get up and make wudu and, and pray Turaka. And you know, mashallah, the winter is a good time. <laughs> because the last third of the night, not like in summer, the last of the night, it does not... Well, here in the, in the northern hemisphere, hits very short time. It's a very, very short time, <laughs> uh, you know, in summer. But in winter, mashallah, it's long, 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 long. You don't have to pray all of it, by the way. You don't have to pray all of it, just any part of it, Right? The best part of the last third of the night is um the best part of the last third of the night is the last third of the last third of the night, as far as I remember. Yeah. So brothers and sisters, subhanAllah, if a man and, and it's not just something like, why didn't you, you know, this beautiful hadith where the Prophet said, if a man wakes his wife. And prays during the night. Or they pray together. They pray two together. They will be recorded among those. Who made a lot of remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even brothers and sisters listen. Even just make the intention. Make the firm resolve. And make the firm intention. Because even if you just. If you go to bed. Making the intention. That you are going to get up and pray during the night. Even if you come. Even if you. Are overcome by sleep and you don't make it you know or you're so tired you just turn your alarm clock off but you do your best all right even then you allah will still record you as having made the night prayer subhanallah this is the benefit of you know just making strong intentions brothers and sisters yeah near this is a strong intention this is not just yeah yeah i'll do it all right no this is the firm resolve. you know i'm really i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it inshallah and you do your best. That's the inshallah. I'm going to do it. Inshallah means you're really going to try. Not like the way people use inshallah sometimes these days. It means like, no, I'm not. The only way it's going to happen is if Allah, you know, wakes me up, you know, sends an angel to wake me up or, you know, this un- unfortunately, that's not, that's not what inshallah. We shouldn't really use it like that. Okay, so the night prayer, brothers and sisters, the night prayer, the night prayer, it is the practice of the righteous people from the past, even before the time of Islam. It brings you close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a way of removing your sins. It's a penance for the evil and the haram things that you have done, right? And not only that, it actually benefits you physically. Physically it actually repels disease from the body as well yes it has beneficial health benefits brothers and sisters yeah so there we go we're all busy taking vitamins and making sure we get fit and you know whatever and trying to avoid covid i wonder how many people how many of us are getting up in the last third of the night and praying that beautiful night prayer all right, brothers and sisters, that's it from me for this week. Insha'Allah, next week I'll be talking about zuhud, which is renouncing the world. Very, very important, very key, very important concept. As a whole mindset, it's a big to- and important topic, right? Uh, and with- without having some degree of zuhud, without developing that, Mindset of being a Zahid, you are not really gonna be able to achieve self actualization. Not really, all right, brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for joining me. May Allah bless you. Jazakallah. Let us, all of us, me included, and you, I'll listen. I'll be honest. I have a routine, you know, my routine does not routinely involve getting up in the last third of the night. Right, I'm that's not a sin, I'm not confessing to a sin. I'm just saying I have my routine, I'm a morning person. I work, and the Prophet ﷺ made dua, Allah bless the mornings of my ummah. That's when I tend to do my work, right? However, let us all of us, me starting with me, yeah, let us this week, you see, when you hear some knowledge, when you hear some talk. So, what I would really like is that. When you listen to these talks of mine, right? Why don't you just, just for this week, try and implement the thing that you've heard me talk about. If I talked about dua, make dua. If I talk about reading Quran, read the Quran. So let us all of us make an effort this week to pray a bit of tahajjud in the last third of the night. Let's try and, uh, how do you, just one final thing. How do you calculate the last third of the night? How do you calculate it? Okay. So what you do is the night begins at Isha, right? The night begins at Isha and ends at the beginning of Fajr. So from Isha to Fajr, that's you calculate the hour, the hours and you divide that into thirds. Right? You divide those hours into thirds and then the last third that is the um that is the last third of the night. OK, and actually, I think actually the most beneficial time is the beginning of the last third of the night. I'm going to check that and I'll come back to you about it next week. Unless someone knows the hadith and can remember it because it slipped my mind. Uh, you could put it up there for me, inshallah, and let us know in the comment section. Brothers and sisters, let us make this a week of tahajjud. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Philistine, in Kashmir, uh, in You know, China and even, unfortunately, in France. And, you know, we're not expecting that. Uh, But wherever the Muslims are suffering, who didn't I mention? Um, The Rohingya, many places Muslims are suffering. Maybe we don't even know about it. But let's make dua for our brothers and sisters, wherever they may be, whoever they may be. And make dua for yourself. Yeah, don't forget that. Make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you can draw closer to Allah and know him more and know yourself more and follow the path and the sunnah of the Prophet. Let's do that this week inshallah. Let's make it a week of tahajjud. If you can, why not share this video? Who knows, brothers and sisters, who may benefit from sharing? Sharing is caring. Mashallah. So if you share this video and then that person who you shared it with decides to pray tahajjud, guess what happens? You get rewarded for that. MashaAllah. Spread the reward, Spread the love, brothers and sisters. May Allah bless you in the dunya and the akhirah. And if Allah gives us life and gives us permission and allows us, inshallah, we'll be talking to you next week about renouncing the world. Zuhud. Until then, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi.